Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As I was going through the the readings for today, and I was looking for a theme, you know, what does it say, and I'm unpacking it, and, you know, what what's the theme? And, and it wasn't readily apparent what a theme was across all four of them. I mean, I recognize that the Old Testament and the New Testament reading both had something in there about... Um, I'll be glad and rejoice. I was like, okay, maybe joy. And then the psalm, well, the psalm's a psalm of praise. All right, so that's kind of good. Then I get to the gospel, and it's basically John the Baptist pointing out specific sin. I was like, huh. I was like, well, maybe that's not about joy. And then I thought, well, it's it's a Sunday that, that we're remembering joy. I mean, we like the candle of joy. You know, it's Gaudet Sunday. Have you all ever heard this called Gaudet Sunday? Gaudet is French word meaning rejoice. So a lot of, you know, some of, some of us might call it Gaudet Sunday. So it's, it's the Sunday of joy. And I was like, well, okay, so maybe it is joy. And, and I thought, well, what about this pointing out of sin? You know, that doesn't make people happy. That's, uh, well, well, maybe that's it. Maybe it doesn't make them happy, but maybe joy and happiness are different. Maybe there's something, you know, deep and joyful about that. And so I started that. I had conversations with people about, well, is there a difference between joy and happiness? You know, what do you think? And I, I wasn't I wouldn't kind of happy with what I was learning out of that conversation. And uh, I, I came across a, a teaching. I, I did some study on that. Is there a difference between happiness and joy? And uh, some of you have have read this author before. Um, it's a guy named Randy Alcorn. He wrote a book on heaven. I know some of you have done a study on his book on heaven, which is really good. But he did a study, and he wrote a book that came out of it on happiness. It's titled Happiness. And so, and his teaching that he was doing, you know, out of the study he did for his book was he said, whether you look in Hebrew or Greek or English, happiness and joy are basically, you can swap them out. It, it's, they're used interchangeably. There's not this difference that happy is, ha ah, and joy, joy is deep. He said, no, it's, it's it, when you read in the Old Testament in Hebrew, Hebrew will swap those words interchangeably when when you read in greek in the new testament and happiness and joy they're used interchangeably and and then in english we we use them interchangeably too and i was like wow that's not what i expected i mean i know that we're taught in the new testament that joy is a choice like uh, james wrote consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds so, when you face a trial, you can choose joy. Right. Okay. In Philippians, we read from Philippians this morning where, where Paul gives a command to the church. says, rejoice. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say, rejoice. Do this. I was like, how can you, how can you tell somebody to feel an emotion? I want you to feel... Excited right now. Okay, I want you to feel, you know, how do you do that? But then I thought, you know, 
while at first I said you can't choose your emotions, then then I started thinking and I said, you know what? People stoke their emotions, don't they? Uh, even the the person across the mirror from you might do this at times. Um, have you ever gotten yourself angry by thinking about how badly you were mistreated? And you just, man, the more I think about it, the angrier I get. Like, okay. Well, have uh, um, you ever gotten yourself fearful or anxious by thinking about the things that cause you stress? You, you feed that emotion, don't you? If I just walked up to you and said, I want you to feel afraid now, that you might not do that, but you could probably talk yourself into it pretty quickly if you just think about the right things. Um, heck, when I, was in, uh, when I was in middle school, there was a song called Sad Eyes by Robert John. And I used to get myself all worked up and, and tears coming out because I'd play that song over and over and think about the girl that I loved her and she didn't know I existed and I had sad eyes. And, right? I'm not alone in this, am I? I mean, come on. I'm just the only one that omit it? Yeah, okay. Well, I get paid for that, I guess. So. But we do it. We stoke our emotions, don't we? We can bring out those things that, that maybe they're in there anyway, but we can bring them out. Why, sh- why should we be surprised that, that we can either choose to be joyful or help ourselves to be in a mindset to feel joyful? I know it isn't the case all the time. I know this isn't, you know, an absolute rule. I know depression is real and you can't just turn joy off and on like a switch. But you can help yourself in the process, can't we? If we can get ourselves into these other emotions, you know, there's, there's something there. I, I know that happiness isn't always appropriate. It's not always time to, to be happy. Uh, Solomon wrote... There's a, a time to cry. There's a, there's a time to laugh. There's a time to grieve. And at holidays like Christmas and Thanksgiving, that last one especially comes home to us, doesn't it? And you think about who you're missing, who's not at the table this time. And we aren't supposed to be happy all the time. And we aren't supposed to just put on a mask and just wear our happy mask. Because there's a time to cry, there's a time to grieve, but there is a time to laugh. And, and as Kevin Bacon so eloquently said, there, to finish the verse, there is a time to dance. There's a time to dance, there's a time to rejoice. And Paul did write the Philippians said, do this, rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I don't think that Paul was saying, never grieve, never feel sad, never feel... I don't think Paul was saying that. He knew his scriptures. And some of you have some very good reasons. You've got a whole host of reasons why you're feeling something besides joy today. And if I knew... Your reasons, I'd agree with you, I'm sure. But too often, 
we forget that the things that we think about influence even how we feel. You think about being mistreated and you feel angry. You you think about how much you miss them and you grieve. And that's okay. I mean, um, you can we can do that. Uh, it, probably the boundary line is don't let the feelings end up in control. Don't let the feelings be the thing that drive the car. When anger or sadness or anxiety or fear or, you know, we can make all this list. Or even at times, love and affection. When those things, when our feelings are in the driver's seat, we can end up in places we never wanted to get to. And Paul is deliberate in telling the church to think about certain things. And he does it right after telling them, Rejoice, always be full of joy. And so think about these things. You choose to think about these things. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Think about things that are true. Not just it's a fact. Well, it's a fact that, that they mistreated me. No. It's, it's, it's more than what's true. It's... Is things that are to be commended. Think about what's honorable. Think about what's right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You, you have it in your power. Sometimes you feel strong in it. Sometimes you feel very weak in it and you struggle. But you have the power to choose what it is that you think about. And you can choose and take up the responsibility that you have to think on certain things. Then do something to follow up on your thoughts. Paul keeps on and says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. So think on certain things. And then put into practice certain things. And what's the result? The God of peace will be with you. Do you think that God like disappears from around you if you don't do those things, and that's the only place in all of the universe where God's omnipresent, but except around you. No, God's always with you, isn't He? But you become aware of it at certain times. You might forget about it if you're thinking about the things that worry you. You might forget about it if... if You're not doing the right things. You might not be able to. It may seem like God is far from you. Is it true that God's far from you? No. God is still with you. But you've turned your attention elsewhere. There's a peace that comes when you think on and do 
the right things. It's good for your soul. Now, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're rapidly coming into Christmas, way too rapidly coming into Christmas. A week from tomorrow, we have our Christmas Eve service. And it's a, a, a time, if you're having a hard time rejoicing this year, what, what I've done is I've gone through the scriptures that we had for today to find reasons that we should rejoice. And here are some reasons from our readings that you can rejoice, and here are some things to think about. Paul wrote, remember, the Lord is coming soon. You can have joy when you think about what it is and what it means that the Lord is coming soon. Because he's going to set things right. There'll be no more mourning or weeping. There's going to be justice. He's going to set things right. I mean, that's a good thing to think about. Paul said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about it. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. There's, there's a joy that comes because when you pray and you honestly tell God your needs and you can give thanks to Him for all He's done, this is what happens. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. And, and even more than just experiencing it, His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. His, it'll, it'll guard it. It'll, it'll put up a defense against those things that would otherwise steal your joy, that, that would make you angry and fearful and worried because you've talked with your Father about it. And you've told him what you need. And you've thanked him for all he's already done. There's a peace that comes from that. That isn't apt to get pushed out of the way. Zephaniah. Our, our first reading. Sing, O daughter of Lion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. Now, he was speaking to a specific time and specific things going on, but it can apply to you and me. If you feel you've been going through a time where God's been calling you to account and, you know, it hadn't been easy because of the the things that have happened in your life and come against you. Rejoice. That time isn't forever. It comes to an end. God himself will live among you. Your troubles will be over. Troubles are temporary. They don't last. That's worthy of thinking about. If you're facing trouble, it's just temporary. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up! Don't be afraid! 
For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. I don't care how lost you are. I don't care what you're facing. God is mighty. He's bigger than whatever your situation is. He takes delight in you. Think about that. He will take delight in you with gladness. When you come to his mind, it brings a smile to his face. With his love, he'll calm all your fears. Think about that. He'll rejoice over you with joyful songs. What would it be like to have God actually singing to you about you? I'll gather you who mourn, God says. I'll gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals, the ones of you who long for it to be the way it should be. You'll be disgraced no more. Disgrace is temporary. You've been disgraced? Hear this. It's temporary. I'll deal severely with all who have oppressed you. Have you been mistreated? You didn't deserve to be fired. You didn't deserve for them to make that snarky comment. You know, well, the Lord knows. He knows what's right. He's going to deal with that. He will deal with that. Be at peace. I'll save the weak and helpless ones. If you feel weak and helpless, God has not forgotten you. And he will do what is necessary to meet you where you are and bring you out. Think about that. I will bring together those who are chased away. Have you been chased away? It's temporary. I'll give glory and fame to to my former exiles wherever they've been mocked and shamed. You've been mocked and shamed? It's all right. It's temporary. I know he said this to, to another people. Why wouldn't he say it to you? On that day, I'll gather you together, bring you home again. I'll give you a good name. That's a, that's a, a good character and a good reputation. Among all the nations of the earth is our story your fortunes before their very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. That's it. That settles it. I know he was speaking to a specific situation and specific people at a specific time across the sea. I know that. But this is the same God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is that kind of God. When you're his, this is who he is to you. Your troubles will be over. You'll never again fear disaster. No more disgrace. There's justice. The weak and the helpless are saved and provided for. They're delivered along with everyone else. Families are reunited. This is the Lord. Think on these things. Psalm 85. You forgave the guilt of your people. Were the people actually guilty? Heck yeah. Are, are, are you actually guilty? Have you done some things you shouldn't have done? Yeah. But God will forgive. Think on that. Yeah, you might need to think for a little bit on being guilty. It's probably good for you to deal with that. 
It's good for me when I have to deal with that. I have to recognize it so I can get to the point where I confess it and seek his forgiveness. But then guess what? He forgives. Even when you're really guilty, yes, even when you're really guilty, God forgave the guilt of his people. He covered all their sins. If you felt you can't be restored or can't be forgiven, think on this. In Jesus, you can. That's reason to rejoice. That should bring some happiness. But, he does say, let them not return to their foolish ways. See, we, we want a God, we think we want a God that forgives everything all the time without being asked and without us having to do something about it. We think we want that. God loves me just as I am. Uh, yeah, he does. You're right. Yes, it's true. But he doesn't want you to keep on playing in the traffic. You're not doing right. There are consequences for what you're doing. Yes, he loves you, but you better believe he loves you enough to get you out of the traffic, get you out of the sin, to tell you to cut off those relationships and don't do that again. Don't return to those foolish ways. And it's not because he doesn't love you, it's because he does. Right? Love and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Peace and righteousness go together, y'all. Do you want more peace in your life? Well, follow Jesus more closely. You can't earn your righteousness, but boy, you can act it out. Living unrighteously does not make for a peaceful life. It makes for a mess. Even in the gospel, with John telling people about their sins, there are reasons to rejoice. John gave some very specific answers about sin. Crowds began to come to John for baptism. And the crowds asked, well, what should we do? And John replied, well, crowd, this might, maybe it applies to us. Crowd, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. You have food, share it with those who are hungry. Hey, crowd, be generous. That's one thing you can do to repent, to change your ways. That's for everybody. But he got specific. Corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized. You ever known any corrupt IRS agents? I hope not. Teacher, what should we do? Well, he replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What were they doing? They were collecting more taxes than the government requires, you know. Yeah, you owe the government 20. All right, pay me 25. 20 to the government, 5 to me. They were collecting more than what was required. Was that wrong? You better believe it. So he told them straight up. Don't skim off the top. Soldiers came. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. Evidently, these soldiers were extorting money from the people. They had the power, and they used it for their own benefit. So John told them, don't extort money. Don't make false accusations. 
Evidently, maybe you can make an accusation and you got a little bounty for every miscreant you brought in. So you're a miscreant. I'm bringing you in, getting some money for you. And you, hey, you, I saw you take that, you know, and I'll get a little bounty for you. And Don't do that. Be content with your pay. Don't use your power and position to get stuff for yourself. Uh, Just a side note, I don't know what kind of work you're in. Whether you think that work is is something worth doing, it's noble or, or not noble. It's not the work that's noble or not noble. It's how you do it. Do it so it's pleasing to the Lord. That's what makes it noble. But be joyful because the Lord, our God, cares enough to tell us to change our ways. Did it through John. People think they want a God that loves them all the time, but let me tell you what. It is good that we have a God who, yes, he loves us, but he'll tell us straight up if we give him the chance. That's good news. If God has told you something, something that's like, Oh, I didn't know, God, you saw that. A, don't be surprised, but be glad that he told you. Because now you can change. Because he'll give you the power to change. You can deal with that because of Jesus. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. He loves you that much. John told the crowd, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. Who is he talking about? Jesus. Oh, this is, think about this. This is a good reason that you can be glad. The Lord loves us enough that he sent his one and only begotten son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For he did not come into this world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And John is talking. He's going to be here soon. He's so much greater than I am. I'm I'm not even worthy to, to be his slave. I'm not even worthy to touch his shoes. Yeah, I'm baptizing you with water. He's going to baptize you with something better. He was talking about Jesus coming. We know you you know we know Jesus has come. Dwell on that. Fix your thoughts on that and what that means. Now we're in this season where we're anticipating the celebration of the incarnation. We're in, we're anticipating Christmas. We're anticipating that God put on flesh and came as a baby. He entered our world. That's something worth celebrating. We're also anticipating that he will come back. That's something to think about. Fix your thoughts on things like that. Joy is a choice because it's connected to what you think about. So think about the right things. Think about God's blessings to you. Think about your family. Think about that you have work if if you're still working. Think about... You've had enough to get you this far. One of the biggest lessons I've learned in my life was from a friend in Kenya. When I was going through one of the roughest times I've ever gone through, um, 
he, he wrote me, and, and we had just talked about this very small thing that had gone right that day when everything leading up to it had gone wrong. And so Peter, my friend, said, Ebenezer. It's like, Ebenezer? Evidently, Ebenezer means, thus far has the Lord delivered me. He's gotten you this far. He's gotten you this far. Is that it? No, it's just so far. And that word to me gave me hope to keep on going when it was hard. But I thought about Ebenezer an awful lot over those next few weeks and months. Ebenezer, thus far as he gotten me. Thus far as he delivered me. Ebenezer. And I thought about that a lot. And it helped me to keep on going. What you think about will determine how you live your life. So choose what you think about. Fix your thoughts on the right things. Choose joy. Choose joy. Amen.